45 metres back. Bernard Foley's got the lead. It's got the legs, the distance. Hi there and welcome to Pick and Drive Rugby. We are the people's podcast providing a platform for rugby lovers to come together and support the game that's played in heaven. I'm your host Mitch. Join me this week is Ando. Ando, you are back after a little bit of sick leave from the podcast. Welcome back. Yeah, mate. I actually like rugby and enjoy the Western Force as a team. So can you stop uh, bad-mouthing me to the rugby public? Thank you. <laughs> I don't think anyone caught that because I um I haven't heard anything on Twitter. So I think that just went straight <laughs> through the to the yeah, keeper. Good. So we'll leave it at that. But um, we're very excited to be joined this week by Brumby's mega fan, Steve Lenthal. Steve, how are you, mate? How's everything down in the nation's capital? Hi, Mitch. Hi, Ender. Yeah, things are good. Just got back from the Brumby's fan day this afternoon. So it's good to catch up and see everyone's going. Um, as people know, I'm a big fan of Corey Tool, so I got a photo with him. So I'll send that around later. Good <laughs> to finally get a refund on those four hotline falls. Yep, <laughs> that's it. Fantastic. Brilliant. What are we doing this evening, Ando? Well, mate, we're going to be covering. We'll do the intro, obviously, then do a trivia segment. So Mitch um, had a bit of a problem last week with the Reds trivia. Uh, struggled, <laughs> struggled a little bit. Um, I'm proud to say that I did do the trivia when I listened back to the pod and I promise on my honour that I did not cheat and I got three. So we need to add that to the points tally. I got three out of five in that week. Now, Mitch has the opportunity to completely embarrass me because he's created the trivia for the Brumbies and I'm going up against Steve, who's a mega Brumbies fan. So this is going to be fun. Um, (laughs) Once we've done the trivia segment, we'll move into our Brumbies preview. But before we go there, I thought it'd be a great opportunity for us to just quickly spruik everybody within Australian rugby getting the membership packages that are on offer from their clubs. So I know that both Steve, myself and Mitch, all are members of the TARS or the Brumbies. And we've got a really great offer for listeners who are in Sydney or New South Wales for you to become New South Wales Waratahs fans or members even. So they have a range of packages to suit everybody from a full season, three games, or a supporter membership if you can't make it to the games. The price range varies massively from $50 for a supporter package to 414 for the full season in the best seats in the house. Pretty sure I got mine for 120 for a four-game flexi because I know there's a game that I can't make, so it worked incredibly well. They have invites to exclusive member-only events to meet players, coaches. All members receive $50 to spend in the online member store. You do receive pre-sale access to the Wallabies Test Matches and Waratahs Home Finals, and all you have to do is visit membership.nsw.rugby to take advantage of that. So I really, really encourage you to get involved. It's super easy. It's pretty affordable for a whole season's membership for what I needed and what I'm available for. It was 120 bucks, which is a pretty good deal. So I recommend that you get involved there and go to visit, uh, sorry, visit.membership.nsw.rugby as the place to go. Thanks, team. Mitch, back to you. Fantastic. So this is our Brumbies preview for this week. Now this, uh, depending on what time you're listening to this podcast, when it, when that is, uh, this is the week that Super Rugby does kick off. So round one of Super Rugby 2024 will be taking place this coming weekend. What that means, if you're listening to the podcast on Monday or Tuesday, or even Wednesday, we will have another podcast coming very shortly for you, which is our preview of round one. So we'll go through um, all the key matchups. We'll have the team lists by that point, and we will just really get into the actual action that's coming up this weekend. So make sure you're looking out for our feed for that one. 
Um, and yeah, really excited that we, uh, uh, at this point of the season, we've done all of our previews up until this point. We've gone through all of the Australian super teams and we're very, very near, nearly getting into Super Rugby Pacific for 2024. And you've got one last point before we move on. Yeah, I do. Um, one thing, we're going to show it up on screen later on in a pod, but we are starting up the Super Rugby Tipping Competition again. So you can go to www.tipping.super.rugby using the Super Rugby official platform and our join code. I'm just going to read it out because some people might be doing this on their phone whilst listening to the podcast is R51WCHOD. R51 WCHOD. And that's via the Super Rugby platform. So make sure you get involved and see how good we are at tipping. And um, it's going to be a load of fun getting the banter going back and forth. So I think that's it. Why don't we dive into the trivia? Let's get into it. Welcome to our trivia section for the ACT Brumbies. Now, if you are listening to the podcast online, uh, make sure you also do go and check out our YouTube channel because we do have our graphics for the whole episode up on there and it might be easier for you with the trivia to be able to read the questions as they come up on screen as well as follow along on the podcast. But let's dive into it and hopefully this isn't too easy for you guys. But in question one, in which year was the ACT Brumbies team formed? So A, we've got 1998, B, we've got 1996, C, 1992, or D, 1994? And I'll go with you first. Um, it depends if you mean formed or the first year they competed in Super Rugby competition. They were formed in December of 1995 and played in the first comp 1996. So B. We'll say we'll go with what year they competed then. All right, B. Steve? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Ando on that one. That's definitely B. Congrats, both of you. So, Andrew, you've already beaten me for last week, so well Get done. In. <laughs> a high, high bar. All right. Now, if any of these are incorrect, um, I did find all of these questions online, so we'll just put that out there. But question two, how many Super Rugby finals have the ACT Brumbies reached? Is it A, five? Is it B, 11? C, nine? Or D, seven? Steve, what do you think? Ooh. Now, going back uh, quite a while, there was a bit of a run there at the early 2000s where I think mm. they made three in a row. So, I because mm, they have obviously have lost a couple. They've got two or three with an asterisk. So, I think it's going to be D7. I'm going to go A. Ando, what are your thoughts? A5. And the answer is D7. Well done to Steve on that one. Question three is a follow-up to that last question. How many Super Rugby finals have the Brumbies won? Is it A, three? Is it B, two? Is it C, one? Or is it D, four? Ando. I'm pretty sure it's two, 2001 and 2004, I think. Or maybe it was earlier in 2004. Um... I'm going to go three, so A. A? Steve, what are we thinking? Yeah, it's going to be a trick question because it's Super Rugby because they've got the two of the main comp and then the Super Rugby AU. So it's going to be three, so A for me. And the answer is A, three. Well done to both of you. Now, these next two questions are a little more tricky. We'll see if Steve knows the answer to them. 
So the Brumbies have been known to search far and wide for talent. In no position is this more noticeable than a tight head prop. Which of these Brumbies big men were actually born in Australia? Is it A, Nick Henderson, B, Patricio Norega, C, Ben Darwin, or D, Guy Shepherdson? Um, Ando, you look pretty stumped, so let's go with you first. Nah, let's go with Steve first. Um, look, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I genuinely don't know this So one. it was, was born in Australia is yeah. the question. Yeah, I know. I mean, I feel like the obvious one is Benny Darwin because he's got such a thick Aussie accent, but I feel like he's kind of like a squeak, a Stephen Moore, someone who's born in like Dubai, um, but is through and through Aussie. Um, and then I'm like, Noriega, isn't he, wasn't he Argentinian? <laughs> um, <Yeah>. so <laughs> it's either Henderson or Shepherdson. Both of them sound, ah, oh, whatever, Shepherdson, Guy Shepherdson D. That's my answer. Steve, do you know the answer? I think Ando's on the right track, only with the last part of the surname, but I think it's going to be Nick Henderson A for me. All right, and the answer is Nick Henderson. So well done to Steve there. Let's move across. The trick to one the from last Ben question. Darwin because he's got an Aussie Aussie city name and he's not born in Australia. Well, That's do you, right. Do you know he was that born? is a tricky. He doesn't one. do good for his cohesion. No, <laughs> um, I'm not sure to be honest. England, I think, from when I was reading it. But anyway, yeah, let's okay. keep moving. Uh, question five. It was a subject of some controversy when, at the beginning of the 2004 season, the Brumbies lock duo of Dan Vickerman and Justin Harrison defected to the almighty New South Wales Waratahs. Their replacements proved to be even better. Which of these Brumbies locks was the tallest? Is it A, Justin Harrison, B, Mark Chisholm, C, Radiki Samo, or D, Dan Vickerman? I love... This could be a trick one because Radiki Samo had a good good throw. Yeah. So you could have added on another maybe 10, 20 centimetres there, <laughs> um, depending on if you've just been to the barber or not. Um, but I'm going to have a crack and say... Dan Vickerman. Yeah, I genuinely, right. Andrew, what are your, what are your I thoughts? genuinely was going to say Vickerman as well. Um, I do love how the rest of the question was completely irrelevant to the question of how tall they were. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with as well. Dropping in your TARS bias, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> you know it. Um, D, Dan Vickerman. D or B, was it? Sorry, Andrew? D, D, D. D. Okay. And the answer is Dan Vickerman. Well done. So. Final scores are Steve on five, five from five. Ando got three from five. So well done, Ando. I don't think you've got four yet, but you're probably doing higher than me on the overall chart. So (laughs) well done there, Ando. Thank you very much. Did you want to take us through the Super Rugby tipping comp, Ando? Yeah, let's do that. And then we'll dive straight into the actual uh, preview for the Brumbies as well. So we'll dive straight in. Um, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, go to the official Super Rugby tipping competition website. Just Google it and it will come up. And you can either search for pick and drive tipping or R51WCHOD. And that is the join code. Make sure you get involved, have some fun, and see if you can barrack your team home to victory. If you're someone who's going to be choosing the uh, Waratahs all season, then maybe you might get in trouble with some matches or the force away from home. Who knows? But why don't we dive into the Brumbies because they are a very, very exciting team from the Aussie perspective in 2024. And with a week to go, they're our final team in our preview series. So... 
As always, what we do is take a bit of a look through the 2023 performance for each of the teams before we then speak to the squad makeup, the ins and outs of the player signings, and then our predictions for what's going to happen throughout the series. So moving forward, Mitch, can we get into the 2023 recap? And that was, I was just waiting for it to come up, 10 wins. They placed fourth overall. And they experienced four losses throughout the season. So that's pretty good. 10 and 4 and placing fourth. That did not give them a home semi-final, however, which was incredibly important in the scheme of things. We have identified their best performance being a 24 to 52 win away over the Reds in round seven. And before I go any further, Steve, what was it about that performance that you think made it such a significant moment within the season for them yeah so the you know the brumbies and reds have been creating quite a little good rivalry over the last couple of years and the brumbies had struggled uh, for a while up in suncorp uh, you know in the early 2000s i think they went up there and won a lot of their games and in fact they had a big streak against the reds in general um, but that win last year at suncorp uh, was their, i think their first in like eight or seven or eight years up there and to come away like that's fairly comprehensive mm-hmm. um that's that was quite a good win for them in in that regard. Yeah, very well said. It was one of the kind of statement matches for the Brumbies throughout the season. And another one was early on in Super Round, round two, the 25 to 20-ish victory against the Blues. That was really, really impressive. Um, And the other key game that we've highlighted was the round 13 loss to the Force. Now, those key games actually tie into the takeaways that we've identified for 2023 for the Brumbies. And those takeaways were Number one, they struggled against the top Kiwi teams, the Chiefs, the Canes, the um, Crusaders at various and the Blues at various points throughout the season. They struggled and you expect the top Australian team to be matching up more than what we saw by the Brumbies against those top teams. And then the second point was that the resting policy hit them hard. So come round 13, it was the third last game of the regular season. And the Brumbies needed to win the match away against the Force to secure their home semi-final. And they rested a few key players. And Mitch, as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, that's right. They went over to Perth. And as we spoke about in our preview a few weeks ago, the Western Force absolutely smashed them in, in all regards in that game. So it was an unfortunate end to the Brumbies season. They did do well to get... In, uh, to play that home quarterfinal, beat the Canes and then make it to a semi. It would have been so much better for them to have been able to play that semi-final in, in Canberra, get the Aussie fans in and supporting them as we saw that the fans really were what sort of spurred them on in that quarterfinal to get over the Canes late. Uh, but instead they had to go to Hamilton, play the Chiefs who were on, on point and rolled them there. Pretty clinical performance by the Chiefs and then the Brumbies are bundled out of the competition in fourth. So a lot of learnings from that, I think, for uh, um, for the Brumbies coaching team and for some of the younger players. But it'll be interesting to see how those effects move into 2024. And already, there's already whispers coming out in the media through Alan Alatoa at the season launch uh, last week that they've spoken about what they need to do differently throughout the season to make sure when they get to those finals at the end of the year, they're firing and they're able to do what they need to do to take that next step. That They've been good enough to get close the last few years, but what do they now need to do to get to that final, to get that one next step from the semis into the final and then hopefully win it? 
Well said. And there's a couple of other things. One other thing I'll just quickly mention, and then we're going to run through the forwards and the backs for the squad, is um, the Brumbies seem to struggle at times to put teams away that they were better than. So you saw in the opening three rounds of the season, they beat the Waratahs uh, 25-31, to the Blues 20-25, the Brumbies 23-17, to not getting a bonus point in any of those matches where... Those types of things are the opportunities that move a team up from fourth to higher on the ladder to guarantee that home semi-final. So that'll be an area to work on moving forward. Now, for the forwards, what we'll do is I'll go through and read the forwards list, and then Steve, we'll get you to do the backs if that's all right, mate. So starting off with the props, you got Alan Alalatoa, Fred Kahia, Sefo Kaltai, Blake Shop, James Slipper, Reese Van Neck, and Harry Vella. The hookers are Lockie Lonigan, Connell McInerney, and Billy Pollard. Locks, Tom, Nick Frost, Tom Hooper, Caden Neville, Lockie Shaw, and Darcy Swain. And in the back row is Jerome Brown, Charlie Kale, Ed Kennedy, Luke Reimer, Rory Scott, and Rob Valentini. Over to the over to the backs. Okay, in the scrum house, we've got um, new new acquisition Harrison Goddard. Got your boy Ando Ryan Lonigan and boy. Clayton Thorne. In the fly house, we've got. Noah Lolasio and Dak Bebrosini. In the centres, we've got another new name, Austin Anderson, Hudson Crichton, Lynn Ikatau, Ollie Sapsford and Tamati Tua. And in the outside backs, we've got Declan Meredith, Andy Muirhead, Ben O'Donnell, Corey Hotline Tool, and Tom Wright <laughs> to round out the squad. Brilliant. So when we look at the actual ins and outs, um, it's fairly loaded towards the outs. So the departures are Tom Ross, who's come up to the Waratahs, Pete Samu, who's over in France, Nick White, who's over West, Nathan Carroll, Chris Fayoi Sortia, and Jesse Mogg, who has retired. And then the signings are Lachlan Shaw, Harrison Goddard uh, from the Tars, filling that um, Nick White scrum half spot, and Austin Anderson. So it has been a relatively, in all honesty, underwhelming acquisition season for the Brumbies. Steve, as a diehard Brumby fan, what do you make of this pretty small list of signings but in some ways actually equally small list of departures yeah it's gonna be interesting in uh 2024 for the Brumbies so a lot of the players have also been promoted from the squad so um you look at names like Reese Van Neck technically was on a training contract last year and has been promoted to the first team and I think Blake Shot might also be in that boat as well so I guess what's um also helpful is a lot of these guys got some good game time last year, particularly on those away games, which comes back to that resting policy. So the two games they had away last year in New Zealand were against the Hurricanes and Crusaders, and they took uh, a good mix of experienced players and, and a lot of new guys that hadn't, no one had really seen. So um, it was new for them. It's also a good learning curve for them in terms of the uh, preparation for away games. So you, sometimes you get guys playing token minutes at home. So they sleep in their own bed all week and they can have all their family there um when they take the field and things like that so just being able to understand what goes into a week of preparation particularly with travel um you know there's no direct flights from canberra obviously so you've either got to go through sydney or melbourne to get over to new zealand so that just adds an extra few hours each time and those younger guys um you know it's not just 80 minutes on friday or saturday it's it's the whole week preparation they need to get the hang of and like it's like what um Simon Cron said to you last weekend oh, about mm. just that preparation of what, what they're to do when they go away and not have distractions and, and the like to um, get in the way of 
a good performance on the weekend. Yeah, I really turn hope the Twitter off. Put the phone away. <laughs> I really hope oh, that it's Twitter, like a um... Bernie's bonk ban, because um, that's essentially what Simon Cron's brought yeah. into place for the force. Is he's banned in a way, or he's limited or put, put expectations and restrictions around kind of cavorting outside of hours on Tinder and the like. <laughs> so I'd love to Tinder, see that with the Brumbies yeah. as well. Or it... you'll have to tell me about that one. I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither do I, mate. Neither do I. Um, but if we keep on going, Mitch, through our visuals and a presentation, um, we have identified four most valuable players, and there was no possible way that Ryan Lonergan was not going to be on this list. He's my boy. I love him deeply, and I'm sure that the love will be reciprocated one day. But we have identified four players. Ryan Lonergan is one, Rob Valentini is the other, James Slipper is the third, and Lenny Ikitao as the fourth. Now, what we might do is um, I'll speak to Ryan Lonergan, and then, Steve, I'm going to throw it to you and say, why do you think we've chosen these as one of the most valuable players within the Brumbies team for 2024? But Ryan, with Nick White's move over to the Western Force, he is essentially the, well, he's the interim captain right now whilst Alan Alatoa is coming back from um, his injury. But it's incredibly important that he has for a long time actually been stepping up and at times replaced Nick White as the starting nine throughout the 2023 season and has shown a really good development process over the last few years. His kicking's on point. He's got an excellent pass. His running game is improving and his tactical kicking is very, very strong. So he's one of those players that is really, really significant in the way that the Brumbies play. But also his replacement players... Harrison Goddard and um, Clayton Thorne, they haven't had that much super rugby experience between the two of them. And so if Ryan Lonergan goes down or isn't able to play big minutes within a match, you've got a very experienced nine coming on to play. So he's going to have to play big minutes well this season for the Brumbies to succeed. Steve. Yeah, well said, Ando. Um, Rob Valentini will be an interesting one in 2024. So with the departure of Pete Samu, um, I guess the natural move for him to be from six into eight. Um, and with uh, him as the new Johnny Hills medalist as well. So he's um, obviously been, you know, acknowledged by his peers as one of the up-and-comers, not up-and-comers, but very valuable players in the whole scheme of things. But his move to eight, I think, you know, he plays there at, at the Wallabies level, so that move is, is fairly natural to him. Um, and I guess it might just change the way the Brumbies play a little bit off the back. So, you know, Pete Simon played a bit wider, but Rob is obviously in a bit tighter and um, just he'll love the pick and drive and just he, – he just – does the dirty stuff, so he may not feature highly in tackles and you know, offloads and things like that, but he'll do the dirty work that really needs to be done, and that, um, that's obviously why he may have been, or been seen as a Johnny Hills medalist as well. James Slipper is another player we've got listed up there, and I don't think you can go through past any one of his experience on any Super Rugby squad and not n- notify him as one of the most valuable players, purely from the fact like. Without his experience, just his leadership capabilities as well, he's been Wallaby's captain. He stepped in at times at captain for the Brumbies as well when Alan's not there. He He's just a player that's just is getting better and better with age. Now, it'll be interesting to see if he does play big minutes in 2024, knowing that he's come off a, a fairly large workload last season for the Wallabies and for the Brumbies, and that he's now looking towards the Lions series in 2025 whether the Brumbies look to manage his minutes and use him more as an impact player, potentially coming off the bench and and going to some of their younger props to start games. Um, 
yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they handle that. But you can't go past just the pure impact that he brings to a team. Add on to that as well the fact that there's some injury concerns within the front row for the Brumbies. So you've got Sefa Kautai, who is out um, currently or recovering from an injury. Connell McInerney isn't available too. Um, Alan Alatoa is obviously still returning. I think he's a month away from being fit. There just is a f- there are a few injuries at this point. And Steve, do you happen to know any detail about when those players might be back? Was anything uh, said today or mentioned at the um, fans' day today? Um, not today, but I have heard you know, Alan Alatoa is targeting the Waratahs game. Uh, I think maybe the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because they, they played two games this year, so I think it's round six-ish, maybe. Um, with, the, with regards to the other guys, I'm not too sure. But um, just like you said with the front row stocks, is I don't know what's going on around the country. There's a few front rowers who are out long term as well. So mm. um, it's a bit of a concern, um, you know, with the whole SNC thing last year. So hopefully they're back back up on board pretty soon because um, you know, they're coming up against the New Zealanders. You, know, you can't um, have rookies up against men over there because it it'll, won't end well. Completely agree. Now, I have selected Lenny Kitao as the final most valuable player, and that's a pretty uh, unsurprising inclusion, I think. The fact that he wasn't included in a Rugby World Cup squad by Eddie Jones is one of the most damning indictments against Eddie Jones's tenure. I do not understand how that man was not included. Um, but when you actually look at the back line for the Brumbies, they have some really good players, a couple of game breakers, but not that many and not that much depth. So if we just quickly run through, say, the outside backs, you've obviously got Corey Hotline Tool, but it's only his second season and a bunch of his first season was actually impacted by concussion, injury, and um, I wouldn't say he's the fully complete and developed back three player yet. Uh, Tom Wright was excellent, and I'm hoping he has another good season. He's probably one of the main strike players within that back line. Andy Muirhead is a solid super rugby player, but then you've got Declan Meredith and Ben O'Donnell who don't have that much super rugby experience between them either. When you get into the centres, Austin Anderson's new. Hudson Crichton has shown some good moments. Oli Sapsford and Tamati, um, Tamati Tua are solid, but again, not game breakers. And then you've got Noah slash Jack with Ryan inside. And so my point within listing all of those players to, is to say you've got solid performers in many positions but very few high quality international experience players and so having len ikatao fit firing and marshalling the players inside and outside of him will be incredibly important for this brumbies team to play the way that we really believe that they are capable of um mitch anything you wanted to add to that or should we track on oh i just think we we also saw from a wallabies perspective last season when before eddie started to turn things the way he did and play his silly mind games. But uh, Lenny Kittau was a mainstay for that team and, and for the past two seasons, really. And when he wasn't available through injury after that Argentina test, we the the stocks in the centres diminished significantly. So having here a player of his impact for the Brumbies is massive and the effect he will have on the players around him too. Like, as you said, Ando, not a lot of experience, even with some good solid um, game breakers, or some talented players around him, they still don't have a whole lot of experience there. So having this is what Len's third season at the Brumbies. I think it might be his fourth, but um, he was sort of he came in off on the back of Tavita Kundrani, mm-hmm. who's uh, 
some big shoes to fill there. But also another good thing for Lenny is he's a left footer as well. Um, yeah. And that a lot of that sometimes is overlooked and it's sometimes um, a, a good out getting out of those exit plays as well. So you can just uh, hit the open side. Um, no, he's not in the Jordan Bataille cannon category yet, <laughs> but having a, a left footer um, sometimes is sometimes what you need yep. to get out of the exit area. Definitely. So moving into the season predictions now, um, we've identified some general strengths, some general weaknesses, and then have suggested that they're going to be placing fourth within the finals ladder. Now, I'm the one that put that out there. I said fourth. And essentially, I said that because I was believing that you're going to have the Chiefs, the Blues, and the Crusaders, and the Brumbies as the top four. Um, I wasn't confident that the Brumbies would be consistent enough over the season to beat those top teams and get into first or second. So it was really, for me, kind of a playoff between third and fourth for the Brumbies, and I thought fourth was probably the most likely. Now, with that being said, let's just quickly talk to the strengths. Now, the strengths of the forwards is that they have an incredible amount of continuity within the squad. Um, As an example of that, we have lost Pete Samu, one of the most beloved back row players in Australian rugby. And we are still to find out who's going to take on the shirt tuck mantle within Australian rugby now that Pete has left our shores. But within the back row, you've got players like Jerome Brown, Charlie Kale, Ed Kennedy, Luke Reimer, Rory Scott. They're all excellent back row players. And actually, more importantly than that, they featured quite significantly over the last two years and been getting a lot of experience. So I was quite impressed with that continuity and also the quality of their locks. So Steve, would you see that area as a particular strength, the forward continuity, or is there some other element that you would be identifying as well? Yeah, the the forwards would be an interesting one. Obviously, you mentioned couple of injuries there that are a bit of a concern to start with. But you know, you've got Reese Van Neck who can fill in for Alan Al Alatoa. Um and we know what he can do. He's he, his scrummaging has come a long way mm. in just his first year. Uh the locks will be an interesting one. Um you know Nick Frost should definitely be a starter. There's a bit of injury concern around both Caden Neville and Darcy Swain to start the season from what I believe. But um Lachlan Shaw, the newcomer, um played both trials and it didn't look out of place there. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he may maybe get a, a start in the next couple of weeks once those other guys are coming back from um, their injuries. I think guess the other thing we need to mention is also um, having you no know, Laurie Fisher there this year. Mm. Um, you know, we know what, what he what he can do for any team, particularly around the forwards. So it'd be interesting to see, like you said, with the continuity, whether that can comes into this season with uh, John Alungia there taking over um, in that mm. role, along with his, and Ben Mowen as well as another assistant coach. Yep, very, very well said there. Now, we move into the weaknesses. We identified, well, I identified the front row-ish. I only said that because of the injury concerns that have already been mentioned a bunch of times. So I don't think the Brumbies have a bad front line. I would just be worried if they received one or two more injuries in the first two or three weeks of the season, they'd really be struggling at that point. Um, Right now, the reserves are capable of performing well, but they don't have much depth because they are already experiencing some long-term injuries that they're just waiting for players to come back from. And then, like I mentioned before, I just, the the backline players, I just don't think have that overall level of game-breaking quality that you need at the top level and you can see in some of the Kiwi teams. So I think there's some excellent, some really good players mixed in with a couple of excellent players. 
Uh, but I just don't think it has enough punch to be one of the top kind of one to three teams within Super Rugby Pacific. Mitch, am I being a bit harsh there or do you think that's on the money? No, I think that's pretty fair in um, in looking at, at the Brumbies um, overall squad. I think when I, when I look at them and uh, compare their season to last year, 2023, and what they can look to do in 2024, we saw a bit of a transitional period for them in 2023 in that uh, Bernie Larkin was sort of trying to change the way they played rugby. It wasn't so much the the same style of, of play that we've come to expect from the Brumbies of just, you know, pick and drives or mauling tries in in tight every single week and week in, week out, you know, once you're in the 22, you kick it out and go for a maul. He showed that the, they had different strengths to their attack, that they were scoring tries out wide, that they were, um, you know, spreading the ball and finding space and that wasn't just reliant on that set piece to score points. He's already said this year that he wants to also play an attacking style of play and an exciting style of play to get fans back and that maybe that's what they need to do to try and get more people attending the game in Canberra. So it will be interesting to see if they do take that that sort of trajectory that they were going on last season. It, it worked for them and they played good rugby throughout the season and they, you know, they finished in the top four, which is exciting. But can they, taking that next step from the top four and making a final and potentially winning it, the squad that they've got is very similar to last season. We saw that through their ins and their outs, but they don't necessarily, has, as you said, Ando, have massive um, stars that are going to pull things out of nothing, like uh, a Marika Korobedi, say, or a Mark Nwanganitawasi. They don't have those types of players. They have very good players who will play the right structure and the right system for the Brumbies and play consistently to that game plan. But I just don't know if this is the squad that's going to take that next step to change things and and push into the top two and potentially win Super Rugby this season. I think um, Corey Tool is probably the closest to one of those game-breaking players, as well as Ben O'Donnell's really impressed me with what I've seen from him on the seventh circuit. Steve, who are you excited for as a player in 2024? Um, like you said, there's a couple. There's only a couple of new guys in there, but I'm interested to see how Harrison Goddard goes, um, just because you know, that halfback spot, um, you need to have a good, solid backup there. And like you said before, if, if Ryan Lonigan goes down injured, uh, who's the next best, next up as well? I think another thing we need to... Um, Talk about last year, the defense defense was a little bit um, scratchy. I guess like there were games they won um, where they you know it was a bit of a you know you you score one we'll score two type of thing. So you, there were games that I can think of top of my head. There was the, the Waratahs game where Mitch you came down for, yep. where it was you know in the forties to thirties, and then there was the um, the Moana game where they gave up thirty six but scored sixty odd, mm. and even against the draw where um, you know the, 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 it's never over until the the ref blows his whistle because Fiji just, you know, they scored 90-meter tries. Yeah. And also that Highlanders game where it was like 48-30 something. So they need to tighten up the defense a bit. Like it's great scoring tries, but there was a lot of games that um, they could have done it a lot easier if their defense had tightened up. Um, like even that Hurricanes quarterfinal last year, they mm. came from behind. Um, but having said that, it's good to see that they can come back. So, you know, in the past, they might have been two tries down at home and then that's it. Um, yeah. heads down the morale's out the window but it just showed they were able to come back um, go back to the game plan or even modify it a little bit um, and come back with come home with a wet sail to get those points that they needed 
Moving on now to what is one of our favourite parts of this preview series is looking at the jerseys. And I think what we need to do is put out a graphic where we like rank the Australian Super Rugby Pacific jerseys for 2024 from best to worst. Um, I'm going to be pretty harsh here Just and the Australian say... Ones. Oh, we, and you know what? I reckon Let's the, the whole Moana comp. jersey looks great. Yeah. Just, um, Just on a side note. I am not a fan of this jersey. I look at it and I go, yeah, it's a Brumbies jersey. <laughs> Cool, whatever. I'm not excited. I'm not excited. Mitch, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, look, uh, if you held this up to the jersey last season, um, you probably wouldn't know that it was much different all the last maybe five or six seasons. Like it's pretty, it's very stock standard Brumbies. The only real difference I think this year is that it looks like O'Neill's has adapted the ASIC toilet seat collar which looks a little bit weird. On that sort of graphic, it doesn't look too bad, but on the players, it just sort of looks at us at a place for me. I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of that sort of that collar there. But apart from that, I mean, it's a, it's a Brumbies jersey. It, it does what it needs to do. I'll be interested to see what they implement for their away jersey. We don't have that release just yeah. yet, just the home one. Yeah, look, and I want to be excited by a jersey. I want to see it and go, yeah, I want to buy that. And Steve, looking in your background here, you've got a lot of jerseys, some ones that I really like the look of. Um, I'm pretty sure I can see about four of these jerseys hanging up behind you, mate. Have you gone out and bought bought a few 2024 jerseys or does it just happen to look exactly like three that you've got behind you? Um, yeah, welcome to Rebel Sport. No, just kidding. <laughs> um it's interesting, like with the, with the Brumbies jersey, they've, tr- they've tried to change it over the years and went to like a blue maybe 10, 15 years ago, mm. predominantly blue. Um, you know, and, and like most public service down here, it wasn't received well. Um, so I think the commercial department of it, uh, listening to what fans want, but you look at that one on the screen there versus the original one, which you can sort of see over my left shoulder yeah. there. That's the original milk one. So mm. there's not too much difference except. Um, it's got a better uh, quality mm. uh, make. It's not stretchy like that one up there, which you can pull pull quite, <laughs> yeah, thirty centimeters. Good jersey grabbing tackle good fit material. About four people in, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, good for props up there too. So, the, um, yeah, the, like it's um, new but old. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And look, there's a lot that I really enjoy about the co- continuity of a heritage. And that is really significant within a community and for building that branding and for building that kind of buy-in. But at the same time, I don't know, I just wouldn't have bought a 2024 jersey if I was a Brumbies fan because I would have been like, "Mm, I've had one from the last few years. So anyway. One thing that I will say about the Brumbies that they do really well in their jerseys is their connection to community. And that jersey that they released last year, which was like the club um, the club, oh, the, it was for community round, but it was like the club jersey had all the different logos and there was like all the different three or four different jerseys and yep. you could get whichever one the club on it. That's an awesome idea. Like the Waratahs have done things like that in having club names sort of written on the in the text of the number on the back of the jersey. But just uh, the way that the Brumbies incorporate the clubs and the sort of the family element down there in Canberra is just awesome. I don't think any other Super Rugby club does it as well as they do. Um, and just one last thing on the jersey for this year. Um, obviously, last year the, the Brumbies sadly lost their longtime assistant manager, Gary Quinzo, mm. Quinn Levin. Mm. And it was mentioned that his name will be embroidered into the neck and the collar area of the jerseys oh, for cool. this year, of the playing jerseys. So that, that's a nice touch. And yeah. he'll also receive um, zero, 0 as in the uh, list of players 
that have represented the Brumbies since since day one. So that's a very nice touch. What a hero. That's awesome. Yeah. That is that's brilliant. Great commemoration from the Brumbies there. And one final thing I'll say um, is that the jerseys for the Waratahs cost 160 bucks, but the Brumbies cost 100. So there is a lot to be said for yep. 60 bucks off. So <laughs> let that one sit in your hip pocket if you want it mm-hmm. to. But gents, I think that brings us to the end of the pod. Mitch, was there anything we needed to finish with or are we done, mate? No, we're, we're pretty much done. Uh, we've got Super Rugby kicking off this coming weekend. So round one does take place. We've got the Waratahs in Queensland playing um, the Reds. Uh, where, are the, Steve, where are the Brumbies playing in round one? Uh, they've got Melbourne up first. Um, and that's, that could be quite an emotional match with all the goings off on down in Melbourne, off-field-wise. Um, so hopefully a deal's been done so the fans can get in and yeah. watch that match in person. If yeah. there's one team I wouldn't want to be playing round one this year, I think it would be the Rebels. It's going to be a fired-up affair. Um, very emotional, as you said. But if for, for those playing along at home, make sure you do join in on our tipping comp and get those tips in before round one. We'll have our preview pods for round one out on Thursday morning, so make sure you, you check your feed for that as well. Um, and... Yeah, we'll be back next weekend wrapping up all the action from round one of Super Rugby Pacific. Really excited. Can't wait. Now, one thing that you guys don't know, but I'm actually not going to be available on Sunday next week. And Mitch, do you want to know the reason why I'm not available on Sunday next week? Because you're going to Taylor Swift. That is correct. I'm a Swifty and I'm going to be there and I'm going to love it. So I will maybe send you guys a video from the stadium, but sorry, I won't. Wait, actually? Am I right? Genuinely, I'm going to Taylor Swift (laughs) and I cannot wait. (laughs) Right. Okay. Keen, mate. Keen, Steve, I knew you would know exactly. All right. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) All right. Thanks for having me, guys, for for the chat. Go well, team. Have a great one. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.